Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's some of my final thoughts ahead of the Game Week 27 deadline. So I'm going to go through the latest press conference information and give my thoughts on that and answer some of your questions as well. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already, and make sure to check out Fantasy Football Hub. Links in the description uh, below, if I can get my words out correctly. They've got a seven-day free trial at the moment, up to 30% off. Loads of great tools over there, including their planner for the next few weeks with all the doubles and blanks and stuff like that. So make sure to check that out. Links in the description. Otherwise, let's get into it. All right, let's start off with Liverpool news. So Klopp uh, spoke about Salah and said, I don't think Mo is too far off, but he won't reach tomorrow. Next week, it's possible on the way back, but not there yet. So basically, Salah is ruled out of game week 27. He's had nearly 200,000 chances in this week. I don't get it whatsoever. Maybe some of those are wild cards, in which case, fair enough. But do not buy Salah. He's going to miss Nottingham Forest away. And then you run into Man City at home for game week 28 and a blank in 29. So it's just not worth it. Um, maybe we look at him from game week 30 onwards, but we'll have to just assess closer to the time. In terms of Nunez and Soboslai, uh, they trained yesterday and are in contention to face Forest. So for any of you that held on to Darwin last week and didn't sell him, given that you know Solanke's a bit of a doubt, which we'll talk about a little bit later, if you need to play Nunez this week, it wouldn't necessarily be a terrible move. But I don't think it's a guarantee that he starts. Like, we might see Diaz, Gakpo, and then someone on the right, like Harvey Elliott, possibly Connor Bradley. That's what I'm hoping for. It probably won't happen. But I don't think it's a certainty that Nunez starts, even though, you know, he's back in contention. It might just be that he comes off the bench. So I think you'd have to be in a pretty bad position to have to rely on him this week. But like I said, if you haven't got another forward move that you want to make, you haven't got a bench, there's no hits you want to take, then you could just play Nunez and hope for the best. And then on Endo and Robertson, uh, Klopp said they're set to train today. Presumably, that probably means that Robertson won't start because they do have other players that can play left-back. Simakas, uh, obviously, uh, is usually the backup, but Gomez has played really well in that position as well. So I'm going to assume that if Robertson only started training today, he's probably going to miss that game. Ultimately, with Liverpool, 
I would not be buying any of their players in game week 27. I just can't think of a single reason you would do it. I mean, I guess if you can, I don't know, buy Van Dyke this week and then bench him for Man City and then you're free hitting in 29, you've got him ready for those good fixtures from 30 onwards. But I still think there's probably better defenders to buy, like, um, you know, Zabani or Senesi at Bournemouth to get Burnley away this week and then the double in 28 rather than Man City at home. So if you've got Liverpool players, they might be worth holding on to because the game in 27 is pretty good. But after that, we're probably not considering, the, uh, considering them too heavily until 30 onwards. So as usual, Ange Postacoglu was very open about injury news for Spurs. So he said that Richarlison is out for two to three weeks, which is a major blow for anyone that was thinking about keeping him for game week 29, which I will come on to in a minute. Uh, Poro is another week away. So he's going to miss game week 27 against Crystal Palace at home. Hopefully, based on what Postacoglu said, back for game week 28 against Villa away, which to be fair for most people probably isn't a fixture you're that worried about having him for anyway. But if it is just a week away, you'd hope he's back for game week 29 against Fulham away. And then Udogi has a chance to play in game week 27. I think with the backup or the backups that Spurs have from a defensive point of view, if Udogi is available to play, I'm pretty sure he's going to be in that start and 11. So for anyone that really wants to buy him this week or has kept him through till this point, I think he's probably got a good chance of starting against Palace. Not guaranteed, of course. That's just my um, kind of thoughts on it. Whether or not you should sell Porro and Richarlison, it's really difficult to give a broad answer to these questions at the moment because it really depends what you're doing with chips in game week 29. Like I would say for Richarlison, right? Let's say we take Ange Postacoglu at his word, exactly what he said. Well, two weeks could be this time, you know, just before the game week 29 deadline. So even if he is back and he's in training, does that mean he's definitely going to start? Because unless there's any other injuries to Spurs players, Song can play through the middle, Werner can play on the left, Johnson or Kudaseski can play on the right. I don't think any, I'm just going to double check now, I've said that. I don't think currently any of those players are flagged. Yeah, they're not. So it's not like Spurs don't have options. Now, I think Richarlison's been great in that number nine position, but if it's a case of rushing him back for 29 or just giving him another week off because they've got three other players that can start, you know, for FPL, that's potentially an issue. It's not a guarantee that he would start in game week 29. And obviously, it could be the upper end where he's out for three weeks, in which case that starts taking you to game week 30, which is looting at home. And if you're free hitting in 20, uh, 29, that might not be a problem. And the fixtures after 30 are pretty good for Spurs. But what if it's the same situation that he's back in training just before game week 30? but then they can just play those other three players instead or three or four players instead. So I think for most people, Richarlison is probably worth selling, whether you're free hitting in 29, wildcarding in 27 or 28, or even just trying to get through 29 without um, using a chip. I would say with two to three weeks, from what Postacoglu has said, I'd probably sell him. But look, if you're in a position where the rest of your squad is relatively healthy, you're looking pretty good, you can easily bench Richarlison, then of course do that and reassess in game week 28. Like I said, it's quite hard to give a broad answer when there's so much going on, uh, but it doesn't look good for him. And same with Porro, right? If you've got three other defenders you can play this week, then great, bench him and just reassess next week instead. All right, let's talk about Dominic Solanke. Great fixture this week, Burnley away, and then obviously that doubling game week 28 where a lot of people are thinking about triple captaining him. Uh, this is what was said in the press conference. The MRI with Dom went quite well, but he has not trained with us. So up until this point, Solanke hasn't trained with Bournemouth, which isn't great if you want him to play in 27, which I'm sure most of us do. We have one more training session before Sunday, so I leave the chances open, but it depends on how he manages the pain. 
It's true he has pain in the knee. At least with the MRI, everything is clear. There is nothing strange. It's a matter of his sensations as today he wasn't training. So the MRI has said there's nothing really there to worry about. It's all just about how much pain Dominic Solanke is in when he plays or when he trains, etc. At least that's the reading from there. As you might know by now, I'm not a doctor or anything like that. Uh, it goes on to say, tomorrow I find out if we have a chance with Dom. It's a matter of if he still feels the pain or if it's improved. He will be the one making the decision. Now, I think that's quite interesting because if you give most players the chance to say whether they're okay to play, I feel like most of them would take it. Like if it's like 50-50, I feel like they would probably want to play. And Solanke is quite important for that Bournemouth team. They don't really have... They have other players that could play in that position. But Solanke, I think, is quite clear of of most of them. So I think the fact that Solanke is going to make the decision leans me more towards that he'll probably play in 27 but again it's not a guarantee and also it could be that he plays then has that pain again they might manage him in game week 28 so that's something we'll have to consider next week i would say for anyone that hasn't got solanke and was thinking about bringing him in this week i think that's a clear avoid now you just wait for 28 uh, and then reassess which is kind of the theme of the video at this point um he did go on to say right it's quite a long answer it's a situation that isn't new for Dom. Since the Spurs game away, it's something that bothers him. He's been managing it quite well, but this week he's felt more pain. So if we just have a quick look here, what did he say there? Spurs away, that was... Well, that was back in game week 20. So according to what has been said, he's played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games since then with this same issue. Now, in some ways, I think that's quite a good thing because if this was a major problem, he would have missed more minutes. And since that game against Spurs, he's played 90 minutes every single time apart from Liverpool, which was 82 minutes. So I think the fact that he's only missed an FA Cup game again is probably not a huge concern. And that's why I think I'm leaning more towards him starting against Bernie. Uh, we're trying to give him as much as we can from the medical department. We will try until the end of tomorrow. And if he's comfortable, he may want to train, but we'll have to see how it goes. He goes on to say that Enes, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, I apologise, was training today. He showed that he has pain, but I hope he is at least available for Sunday. So I think that's, um, let me just come on here so I don't make a mistake with the names. Uh, that is Unao, I think you pronounce it. That's another one of those forwards, 5 million. Maybe he could play instead of Solanke's a problem, but I, I don't know. I just feel like from what was said, he's probably going to be fine. I have Solanke. Um, I'm in a position where <laughs> if I bench him, I'm probably playing Bruno Fernandes. So for my team, there's a little bit more reason to play Solanke instead. But if you had, I'm trying to think now, let's say you had Huang, Solanke, and then Bowen on the bench, right? Or maybe you've bought Douglas Louise recently. I think there's maybe more of a case of potentially playing them. So if you're doing like Huang to Son like I am, and you had, you know, Bowen against Everton away, or where's Aston Villa here? Uh, Douglas Louise or Leon Bailey away to Luton, and you're playing Solanke ahead of one of them. If you really wanted to play it safe, you could probably play one of the Villa or West Ham players instead. But if you're like me, and you've got Bruno Fernandes set there with one of the hardest games you get all season, I probably would just risk Solanke. So again, difficult to give a broad overview, but I think for most people, I would probably just risk Solanke. I definitely wouldn't sell him. And I think if I was wildcarding in 27, I would probably have him in that team and save the transfer. Because if he's fine, if he comes through this Burnley game, plays another 80 to 90 minutes, you know, unless he gets ruled out ahead of 28, most of us are going to captain him for Sheffield United at home Luton. I think he's pretty clear, clearly the best answer. I said clearly the best answer there, but I clearly meant clearly the best option. 
Anyway, hopefully that makes sense. So based on what Gary O'Neill said the other day, it was pretty clear that Huang was going to miss game week 27, but it has been confirmed now. So he said he won't make the weekend and will then have more assessments on him. No time frame, will know more after the weekend, hopefully not too long. So Huang definitely out of game week 27 against Newcastle away. And I would say that given they're still having to assess him and they don't yet know what the time frame is, it seems pretty likely that he's going to miss game week 28. I don't know that for sure, of course. I don't have any other information other than what was said in the press conference. But I think with a hamstring issue that you still don't know the time frame on, I think missing 27 and 28 is probably the most likely outcome. And then you've got a blank in 29, and then it's Villa away in game week 30. Now, don't get me wrong. If he was fully fit by that game week 30 game, then no issue playing him in that kind of fixture. But I think when you look at it as a whole, he's probably just worth kind of getting rid of and then just reassessing in the future. In terms of, you know, Wolves fixtures, one of the reasons that I bought Huang in is because I thought I was going to potentially free hit in 29, which I might still do. And then afterwards, you've got Villa, Burnley, West Ham, Forest, which are all pretty decent. Potential, sorry, not potential, definite double at some point as well. But I just think with what we know, there's just no need to kind of hold on to him. In terms of replacements, right, I'll just fly through this because there's loads of options you could go for. If you've got the money like I have, I really like Son. If you've got a bit less money, you could go for Madison. And I probably should have said that when I was talking about Richardson earlier. Um, if you're looking to uh, sell Richardson to another Spurs attacker and you don't have the money for Son, I think Madison is more than viable. He hasn't got a ton of FPL returns recently. But like I said in the video the other day, we know exactly what he's capable of. Um, otherwise, it gets a bit tricky. You're probably looking for a player that plays in 29, depending on your chip strategy. In which case, I quite like Bowen because he's got Burnley at home next week. It's a home game in 29 as well. But I certainly wouldn't rule out just buying a Villa player. And if you're someone that went for Huang last week instead of Louise or Bailey, don't be stubborn about it, right? They've got Luton away this week. It is, let me just double check. I think it's Spurs at home in 28, which wouldn't worry me massively. And then it's West Ham away in 29. And they've got the Wolves at home fixture in 30. So for any of you that were thinking about wildcarding in 31, that's a pretty nice kind of four-game run. So Louise Bailey, also good. There's probably other midfielders that I'm missing. I feel like I feel like sometimes I do this and afterwards I think, oh, I should have mentioned that player. But I think that is about it. I mean, again, if you're, if you're free-hitting in 29 and you're someone that sold Palmer, I still think he's an excellent option. We kind of... Or at least I kind of forget about talking about him because I just presume everyone owns him. But some people might have sold him recently. And if you're free hitting 29, you've got Brentford away this week, Newcastle at home in 28. And then straight after the blank, Burnley at home, Man United at home, Sheffield United away, Everton at home. He's still a really great option. And actually, if you were locked into 29 and you already had Son, Palmer might be one of the next best players to look at. Obviously, Saka, if you haven't got him and you're free hitting in 29, is definitely an option. Uh, Gordon, maybe. Um, but I don't think I would go for him over over Palmer, for example, or an Arsenal midfielder. So you'd have to be pretty stuck to be looking at that. So I think that's about it. I don't think there's anyone else. Luis Diaz, I'm not that interested in him. Also, the thing, the thing I don't particularly like about bringing him in is his minutes are good. But because of that Man City game, then the blank in 29... You know, by game week 30, Liverpool might have Nunez back. Obviously, Gakpo's around, Salah as well. So Diaz's minutes might go down a little bit. I guess they only go down a lot once Jota is fit as well. And he's probably not going to be back by game week 30. So he's not a bad option. But I still think with that Man City fixture, I would just avoid him. There's probably just better players to go for. So yeah, Huang for most people, probably got to go. 
So for anyone that was hoping that Estupinian was about to get a run of games in the Brighton team, I've got some bad news for you. Uh, apparently, Lamptey, Ferguson, Welbeck and Veltman are all available for the game against Fulham. And as we've seen recently, when Lamptey has been fit and available, he's played quite a lot, especially on that left side. So look, I think those players I've just mentioned are probably not FPL options, right? No one's buying Ferguson, Welbeck or Veltman. But for those of you that have Estupinian, uh, as I've said probably this week and last week, it's time to get rid of him sooner rather than later. As always, the usual caveat supply. If you've got three other defenders to play instead and you can just bench Estupinian this week, not an issue whatsoever. Um, if it's for a minus four, it's probably a little bit close. But to be honest, I think this week a minus four might be slightly better, especially if you're struggling for a defense because you can go and grab someone like Zabani from Bournemouth who's got Burnley away and then a double game week. I think in that case, you can probably justify it a little bit better. But either way, Estupinian is not a good long-term option. After this week, which he might not even start, it's Forrest at home in 28, Blank in 29, Liverpool away uh, in game week 30. And then if I just check my other screen here, yeah, Arsenal at home in 32. Like Brighton aren't getting many clean sheets in the next few games anyway, and he might not even start. Just get rid of him. So on the defender front, it's slightly better news if you've been holding on to Konza and or Pau Torres. It looks like both are going to be in the squad for the Luton game in game week 27. So this is what Unai Emery said, if I can just find it here. Um, I will include them in the squad for tomorrow, but I don't know if they're going to be available 100% to play from the beginning. So there's no guarantee they're going to start. But if you're in a position where you've got three other defenders you can play instead and you can just hold on to them ready for 29, that looks like a um, pretty kind of positive update. I mean, Emery did go on to say, I will decide tomorrow morning speaking with them and how they feel for a very important match. Of course, it's a very tough match. A lot of duels are very defending, uh, sorry, a very demanding match. So there is a chance they start. That's not guaranteed. But I think given that they're going to be back in the squad, they're training and stuff like that. For game week 29, you can just hope now that they stay fully fit. I mean, in 28, it's Spurs at home anyway, so there's not really a huge uh, or a big chance of a clean sheet in that game. But holding them all the way till 29 looks pretty good. Would I buy either of them this week? Probably not. I think there's too many doubts there to warrant that. But if you've got them in your squad, I would definitely hold on to them. I don't think right now there's a massive knock-on effect in terms of other defenders in that Villa team. Like obviously... Moreno and uh, Luca Dean are left backs anyway. Some of you might be holding on to Matty Cash, um, and he's played 90 minutes in the last three games. I think that will continue against Luton for sure. Um, I think the big, the big thing would, that would affect Matty Cash is Pau Torres, Conza being fit, and Diego Carlos, um, but he's not expected back until kind of game week 29 and if he's only just back training before then they probably wouldn't risk him so i would assume if konza and pau torres get through 26 uh, sorry get through 27 it'd be cash right back konza right center back pau torres left center back and then one of luca dean or moreno uh, left back it's only when diego carlos is back we might see the set uh, the setup where cash comes out and konza plays in that right back position but obviously they kind of form a back three in possession etc etc so i think if you're a cash owner happy days he's going to continue playing you'll probably have him for 29 and if you're someone that has been holding power torres or konza just keep hold of him a little bit longer all right let's get into some of your questions so what's the difference between wildcard in game week 27 and wildcard in game week 28 and the short answer is probably not a lot right i would say that a lot of people that wildcard this week will have similar drafts to those that go in game week 28 one reason that i've looked at 28 more than 27 is simply that my team looks fine for this week, right? I spoke about that 
um, earlier on team selection. You know, if we uh, assume or hope that Solanke is going to start and I've got the money to get Son in my midfield, that is a perfectly good 11. And I don't think I can massively improve on it by wildcarding in game week 27. So that's one reason that people are looking at going one um, over the other. The other thing is when you're comfortable about selling Man City players. So just to give a quick um, example, this is a draft that I very quickly came up with for wildcard in game week 28. This is probably not I would uh, this is probably not what I would end up with. Um, and there's probably some changes you can make. The goalkeepers, for example, I wouldn't be completely happy about. But basically, you've got triple Bournemouth ready for the double in 28, triple Luton for the double in 28 plus the game in 29. So for me, if I had my wildcard and free hit and I was wildcarding in 27 or 28, I would preferably not want to also free hit in 29 just because we don't have that 100% certainty about where fixtures are going to fall. And I just think having a chip to manage that later on is worth it. I have seen some people discussing wildcard 27 or wildcard 28 and free hit 29. I'm not that comfortable with going with that. I would rather have a chip for later on in the season. But obviously, if you were doing that, your team would be uh, set up slightly differently. So triple loot and ready for the blank. Uh, sorry, the game, the double in 28 and the game in 29. Triple Spurs, because again, they play in 29. You've got Gibbs White for the same reason he plays against Luton away. You can sell him later on. And then there's still a couple of other kind of, you know, key players you're going to want longer term. So Arsenal, Saka and Gabriel, and I've got Palmer as well. Now, I think that team would shape up pretty decently for 28 double and the blank in 29. You can make a few transfers to get the likes of Haaland and Salah in later on because there's 13.2 million in the bank. But as you can see, there's no Man City players. Now, in game week 28, they play against Liverpool away. I would be more, not more than happy, or I wouldn't be in a rush to do it, but I'd be okay selling my Man City players and then maybe getting them back later on. Haaland for sure, but Foden and that could maybe wait a little bit longer. But if I'm in game week 27, am I as happy about selling my Man City players before Man United? Definitely not. Like, I really hope that they don't do well this week, but the realistic kind of fan in me tells me that Man City will do really well against Man United. So I just wouldn't want to sell them. And like I said, the rest of the team for my my particular team looks all right. You might be sat there with a bunch of injuries. If you've got He-Chan Huang and Richarlison and now Solanke's a doubt, you haven't got much of a bench, your defense isn't looking good, you've got Poro, whatever it might be, all of a sudden wildcard 27 might be a lot better. So in terms of the players you would pick, I would say relatively little difference. But in terms of what your actual team looks like right now and how comfortable you are selling certain players, especially Man City ones, that's probably going to be the difference for when you go. Other people just won't wildcard at all. They might free hit in 29 or not use a chip. Again, all team dependent. So are we overlooking Saka as a captaincy option in game week 27? And for me, whenever I'm thinking about my captains, the thought process is always the same. Is there a good enough reason to not captain Haaland or even Salah when he's fully fit. Because I think when everyone is fully fit, Salah and Haaland are the best FPL picks out there. Um, and I think this week, the answer is no. There's probably not enough reason to switch off Haaland. Like, basically, I'm looking for, is Haaland a minutes risk? Or does he have a really tough fixture? So if Haaland had Liverpool away this week and Saka had Sheffield United away, different conversation, right? I'd strongly look at Saka. But on paper, Man United at home is not that difficult for Man City. United have not defended well for most of this season and if you go and look at I know they've had some clean sheets along the way and stuff like that but if you've watched them 
in a lot of games you're kind of you're coming away from the match wondering how they haven't conceded more like if you look at the expected goals conceded in recent games at home to fulham 1.11 uh, away to luton 1.74 away to villa 2.49 uh, at home to west ham 1.69 away to wolves 2.1 these are not good numbers this is not a good defensive team and it's another away game hardest get uh, sorry hardest fixture you're going to have all season man city away or arsenal away right so it's a tough game um and man city are pretty good at attacking so they're going to cause man united lots of problems and i just don't think that saka away to sheffield united is enough to kind of swing it i also think right and i love saka i think he's a brilliant player i've had him pretty much all season for fpl uh, always stuck with him even when he's been blanking but I think some of these scores recently have been slightly inflated by the fact that he's had a couple of penalties, and that can change your thinking on a player. Like all it takes is for Haaland to get one or two penalties against United, and he's going to rack up a big score, even if he doesn't necessarily play that well. So I just think we've got no doubts over Haaland's minutes. He's almost certainly going to get 80 to 90, unless they're like, you know, 3 4 nil up a lot earlier than that. Um, and it's a good game. And I just don't think Saka is it's not that he's a bad option far from it right he's actually a brilliant option this week but i don't think it's good enough for me to go against harlem but if you think it's closer than that and you're someone that wants to take the differential route then why not go for sakura i'm not i'm definitely not against that but i think we like the ownership does play a part for me and that is and it's not that i will only ever go for the highest owned player but the alternative has to be great for me to want to bet against the crowd, essentially. And I just don't think that's the case um, this week, necessarily. Obviously, next week, right? Haaland against Liverpool away. Solanke with a double. Easy decision there. This week, I just I can't convince myself to go for Saka, even though um, I love him as a pick. So I like this question. I know it's team-dependent, but... And then another but, but this time in capital letters. If you were to pick your favourite chip strategy, what would it be and why? So it'd probably be the one that I spoke about a few weeks ago, which is wildcard in 31. So after the double 28 for Bournemouth and Luton players, the blank in 29, plus the Man City Arsenal fixture in 30, you'd wildcard out of all of that, ready for the rest of the season. Start getting players in that you know are going to double later on, build towards the bench boost in 37, and then free hit in 34. And hope that in game week 34, there is a few double game weeks for teams and players that most people don't own with good fixtures. I think that strategy, especially if you've already been building towards game week 29, allows you to have three different teams in 29, 34, and 37. In theory, free hit 29 and then dead end into 34 and wild cut out of it in 35 could be really good. But I prefer the 31, 34, 37 strategy because by game week 31, hopefully some of the fixtures have already been kind of put in, right? So we officially know who's doubling in 34. And from that information, you've got a good idea of, you know, all the other teams going into 37. By the way, it's not just team dependent. It's also fixture dependent, right? And results from the FA Cup dependent because we know from the blanks in 29 exactly who's going to double later on. We just don't know in which weeks they're going to go. So if, for example, I hold on to my free hit for game week 34 but i wildcard earlier and i get liverpool man city spurs chelsea players then i am hoping the other teams that have to double like man united newcastle etc all go into game week 34 and that people undervalue the double game weeks that they have right if man united have got newcastle and sheffield united at home i'd happily triple up on that probably anyway at least a double up on a free hit and i think most people would kind of ignore that so 
unfortunately, it's not just team dependent. It's also fixture dependent. But 31 wildcard, 34 free hit, 37 bench boost, probably. But to be honest, with the number of injuries that have come up recently, I think using a chip in and around 29 and just having one of the other free hit or wildcard for later on should be enough. So no one actually asked this question, but I figure if I've given it a lot of thought, then other people might be thinking about it as well. And this is for people that have to use a chip around game week 29 that can't just play through it or don't want to play through it. Uh, if you are someone that already knows your strategy and stuff like that, you can probably just switch off at this point. There's not going to be anything else after this for the rest of the video. But for anyone that has to use either their free hit or wild card around 29 and then is going to save the other one for later on, which is the better chip to save? Now, if you use the wild card in 27 or 28 and then you save the free hit, that allows you to have two different teams for game weeks 34 and 37. As I've already said, yes, we don't know exactly which teams are going to double in which game weeks, but we know who is going to double, right? We know that Liverpool, Man City, Brighton, Spurs, Chelsea, Man United, etc., etc., are all going to double at some point. And it's likely that teams like Liverpool, City, Arsenal all go in the same week, same as Chelsea, right? So if you have those core players, Salah, Haaland, Palmer, Son, etc., if there's another double game week that's semi-big, right? So there's like three or four teams that double in game week 34 and they have players that you don't own and you don't really want to bring in, that is the perfect opportunity to use the free hit later on. And I do see a world where that could work out really well. Worst case scenario, if no game weeks have good doubles and you just don't want to use it, you could free hit in game week 38 um, where you'll get a lot of team news and obviously you'll also know how much you've got to push it in terms of chasing that overall rank or your mini league or whatever it might be. Uh, and yeah, we'll know the core players that we're going to need. You know, from 30 to 38, you know which players from Liverpool, Man City, Spurs are the best options. They're going to be in most people's teams. Saving the wild card, though, is probably better for those with bench boost. And I think this is something that I almost have to accept for my own team. I kind of want to use the wild card in 28 and save the free hit. But I think because I've got my bench boost left, and I'm probably not going to use it until 37, it makes more sense to hold the wild card. Because, look, I know which teams are going to play, but with the bench, it's not those core players that are in your start 11 every single week that you're hoping for points from. It's the fringe players, right? It's those four, 4.5 million defenders. It's those cheap midfielders. And it's all well and good trying to get them in 28 or using transfers later on. But if a load of other stuff crops up, it might be quite difficult. Plus, in 37, you're quite close to the end of the season, right? There's only one more week. And so stuff in the league could be wrapped up, like relegation, the title, and stuff like that. And that might play a part in rotation. Who's actually going to play in your 11? Who's actually going to play on your bench and stuff like that as well? And I think with the wild card, different to the free hit, there is almost certainly going to be a good time to use it after game week 29, whether that's 30, 31, you know, basically any, any week you could use a wildcard because at some point injuries will crop up. At some point, you're going to have to prepare for that bench boost. At some point, you'll know the fixtures and you can kind of just work around all that. So I'm going to continue giving this more thought and continue boring you uh, to death in all the videos about it. I do see scenarios where wildcard in 28 or even 27 and saving the free hit work really nicely where all those you know, the Salas, the Harlands, etc. stay fit, and they're the ones that everyone has in 37 anyway. But the wild card maybe gives a little bit more flexibility, especially around the bench boost. Again, have a look at your own team as always. How well 
Can you manage 27, 28, 30, 31, etc. if you have or haven't got your free hit or wild card? Um, you know, everyone's going to be a little bit different, but I don't know. There's, I really want to save the free hit, but I feel like the wild card is probably better. Anyway, nobody asked me about that, so I'm going to leave that video there. If you enjoyed the video, make sure to hit the like button. Subscribe if you haven't done so already. would love to hit 400k before the end of the season. And if you listen on podcasts, rate five stars. I'll be back tomorrow for the deadline stream at 12 o'clock UK time in the afternoon because it's another late Saturday deadline. The deadline is half one. And we've got, let me just look here. We've actually got one, two, three, four, five, six games on at three o'clock. So there might be some early team news, potentially for Liverpool. I'm sure you're all hoping that uh, Connor Bradley is going to start. I guess with Spurs, maybe news around Udogi. We, we pretty much know at this point that Poro and Richarlison are going to miss out anyway. Potentially Villa team news. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but I'll keep an eye out while I'm on the deadline stream. So if you want to join me for that, 12 o'clock start right up until the half one um, deadline. Otherwise, good luck, and I'll catch you again for game week 28. Sports Social Podcast Network.